So I want to tell you guys a story, the story of the nation of Israel. And for 30 days, at this one point, the nation of Israel wept and mourned and grieved. But nobody was more sad than this one guy. This one guy's name was Joshua, and he was the most upset when Moses died. And for 30 days they wept and cried and they grieved like they should for their leader when he passed away. But Moses, it was, to Joshua, he was so much more than just their leader, just his leader. He was his mentor, he was his friend. I'm assuming he was much like a father figure to him. Moses taught Joshua everything he knew. Everything about God, everything about leadership, everything about life came from this man Moses and now he's gone. And he wept and he cried because he was gone. But not only was he gone, but now Joshua was the guy in charge. He was going to be the one to direct the people of Israel and tell them what to do. And for 40 years, Moses was their leader, and he walked them around in this desert, and they were trying to get to what they called the promised land, and Moses wasn't going to bring them in. Nope, that was Joshua's job. Joshua was going to take them from that desert place of wandering for 40 years to the place that was promised to them by God to Abraham, Isaac, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses really wanted to get them there, but it was God's plan for Joshua to do it. And so here he is. He's sad. He's upset. Could you imagine a little bit what he feels like? He's now in charge. And I don't know about you, but I know for myself, I would be terrified I'd be so nervous. This is my job now. I can't be like Moses. He's awesome. You know the things that Moses did? He made water come out of rocks. He was crazy. He split oceans and stuff. I can't do that. I'm just Joshua. The good news is for you, for me, and for Joshua, it wasn't really up to him. God would do all that stuff. All Joshua had to do was listen and obey. And I want to share a verse with you tonight that gives us a little bit more insight to how he must have felt because of what God says to Joshua. Can I read this for you? This is Joshua 1.9. It says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And For God to have said that to Joshua, he must have known that Joshua was scared. He was nervous. He was probably discouraged. He's been crying for 30 days. And so here God says to him, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For I will be with you wherever you go. And I want you to know tonight that those words that God spoke to Joshua, he's speaking to you too. I think for each one of you here, God has placed a calling and a direction in your life. Even now, even now where you are, where where you go to school, with your circle of friends, with your family, here in this place, God says, I want you to be a certain way. And I think God is doing this all over Long Island with young people. In fact, when I think of Long Island, I, I work for Long Island Youth for Christ. I've been there 12 years, like I said before. Our mission is to bring the gospel to young people and to inspire young people to bring the gospel to their friends, to tell people about Jesus. That's my job. I love it. It's the best job in the whole world. I get to play with a lot of kids. I get to read the Bible a lot. I get to pray 
Um, and it's, it's awesome. And by the way, I have a wife. I told you that already. I have two beautiful kids. I love them. And I just am so thankful for the life God gave me. And everywhere I go, I get to meet young people just like you. And I get the same sense every time that God has a plan for your life and that he wants to use you in a very unique way. You see, when adults like me think about Long Island and the spiritual state or what people think about God or Jesus or having a real relationship with him or even if he's real or not, we describe it as a place where it's dark, where it's a place that not many people believe this way. Not many people think that God is real or if he is real, he's not involved. He doesn't care. And if he did care, then maybe he's, I don't really want to know him because my life isn't that great and so I don't like him that much, right? And maybe you understand that too. Maybe your school and the pe- your friends, that's their take on God. But I go to places like this and there's life and there's hope. And I think God would like to use a group like this to change that atmosphere here on Long Island so that when you're my age and people say, What's the state of Long Island spiritually? They would go, it is a place where Jesus is loved and alive and he's doing awesome things. And everywhere you go, you can meet somebody who believes and is excited and is passionate about Christ. Wouldn't that be awesome? And wouldn't it be neat if God used you to bring us there? If God started calling people in groups like this to go out to their schools and just kind of reclaim them and bring them back because they're really God's. They're his. They belong to him just like you belong to him. And I think God wants to use people like you to make it happen. And yet, if I were you in your shoes, and I was once, and I sat in a group like this, and I heard a message like this, and God said, I'm choosing you to make a difference. And I was scared. I might have said yes, like, okay, that sounds good. But I was scared. And a little nervous and often discouraged. And a verse like this can really make a difference if this is something you want to say yes to. So I'd like to go through a couple of things here. First, the first uh, statement there in this one verse is, have I not commanded you? Have I not commanded you? And I would just like you to think about God's commands for one moment before we get into the real meat of all this. They're what's best for you. They, everything God tells us to do is because it's the best thing that can happen in your life for that thing, okay? So for instance, uh, often we think of God's commands as stuff that we should not do or stuff that we have to stay away from and haven't I told you, thou shalt not curse and thou shalt not drink and thou shalt not have sex before marriage. But this doesn't sound like that at all. This is like be bold and courageous and don't be discouraged. This is commands from God. And I want to remind you that everything God tells us to do, he tells us because it's what's best for us. And sometimes people think God is trying to stop us from something or steal something from us or rob something from us, and it's not true. I told you a little bit ago that I have two children. They're both under two years old. So my oldest son is turning two uh, Monday, we're, going, we're having a birthday party Saturday, airplane party, woohoo! and we're going to the aquarium on Monday. I'm taking off work. It's going to be the best day ever, and he's got a crown, and he wears his crown, and he goes, two, I'm two, and he's just, just the best kid ever. And my youngest son, Ashton, is uh, eight months old, so I got Lucas and Ashton, 
And they're crazy. They're just nuts. My son likes to watch TV upside down. I don't know why. Throws his legs over the couch, hangs upside down, and goes upside down. Football, upside down. All of a sudden, football's fun when you're upside down. And Ashton loves to chew on things, especially pencils. And every day I find Ashton on the floor with a pencil and I pick it up and I give him a rubber spoon and he chews on the rubber spoon. And why do I take his pencil away from him? Because it's not good to chew on pencils. And he screams at me like an adult sometimes or a dinosaur. He's like, ah! And then I give him a spoon and he just bites his spoon and he's happy again. But I won't let my son chew on a pencil, would you? No, don't. Wrong. And I wouldn't let him play with knives, right? Because knives, he's going to cut himself and he's going to get hurt. I wouldn't let him play in traffic because although playing in the street might sound like the best time ever, if you get run over, it ruins everything. And so I say, no, don't do that. And at his young age, he might think, daddy's not letting me have any fun, which we have tons of fun, don't worry. Um, But it might seem that way to his young mind. And sometimes when God says, no, don't do that, we're like, why not? This is like the best idea ever until it breaks your heart or it ruins your life or you get stuck in a place where you never saw yourself being. And so God's not trying to steal anything from you. He's trying to protect you. He's actually trying to give you life, a full life, a fun life, a wonderful life. I, ever, I like to think of it this way. Have you ever gone or had like a, a potluck dinner? Anybody know what that is? It's kind of like a party where everyone brings some food. And then you share. You'll just share. So you might bring like a little bit extra and you share it and you, and you bring it. So imagine if uh, this whole row is like the best cooks in the world. All right, they bring eggplant, uh, I'm a vegetarian, sorry guys. Eggplant parmesan, some uh, penne alla vodka. You bring some hamburgers I wouldn't eat, but everybody else would like them. There's some steak, there's all this stuff. And, and Presley, is that your name? Presley brings a bologna sandwich. And yet, it's not a good bologna sandwich. It was just what was left in a refrigerator. The bologna's a little slimy. You know that slimy bologna when it gets old? And the bread's a little crusty, and the mayonnaise is a little yellow. And she packs it up, and she brings it to the party with all these great chefs. And it's time to eat, and she goes to grab her sandwich and eat it. And you're like, what are you doing? That looks gross. And you're like, just have some of this. And she's like, no. I made the sandwich. This is my sandwich. And your, you, your food is good for you, but this is my sandwich. It's awesome. And they're like, no, it's okay. You don't have to. Like, there's plenty here. It's here to share. And, and she, what if she was like, no, you guys are just trying to get my sandwich because you want it. And I'm sorry to pick on you, Presley. You're probably a wonderful cook, I'm sure. But wouldn't that be ridiculous? Wouldn't it be ridiculous if there's all this wonderful food and you're just holding on to your crusty, slimy, yellow bologna sandwich? Of course it would be. And that's kind of like it's with God sometimes. And God's like, I have all this life and fun, and it's actually eternal and forever, and it's awesome. And you're holding on to what? It's just nonsense. It's just slimy, crusty, bologna sandwiches. And so he's not trying to steal anything from anybody. God doesn't need anything from us. He's trying to give us something. And he would never try to rob you of joy. He's the reason for joy. He has it all in the palm of his hand, and he wants to give it to you. And how does he give it to you? By giving us commands, commands like this one. Be bold and courageous. Attack life full on and have fun and go crazy and do incredible things. If you know the story of Joshua, he does some sick stuff. He gets to see God do amazing things. Wouldn't you want to see that in your lifetime? That's what God has when he says, have I not commanded you? 
Haven't I told you how to do this? He's not trying to rob anything from anybody. And so he says, be strong and courageous. Now, at first glance, this doesn't sound like much of a command. It doesn't sound like something you can become. In fact, strong and courageous, those are usually things that we kind of think people are born with or that's just the way they are. Like I have a strong personality or I am a very just outgoing person and it's kind of like this idea of, well, you're either born strong and courageous or you're not. And I'm not. I'm kind of weak or simple or I like to stay to myself. I don't know if I could be strong and courageous. And I want you to know tonight that it's not true. You can become this. Not everyone is born with this type of personality, but anyone could have this type of character. Um, First, strong. When I think strong, what do you think of? I think just physical muscles, like working out and stuff, right? And so working out, you get stronger by breaking stuff down and then letting it rebuild, and it often rebuilds bigger because I don't know why. That's how the body works. And I don't do it often. That's why I am the way I am, and I'm not that strong. But the same thing is true of us spiritually. Sometimes God lets you go through some things that might be difficult. It may hurt a little bit. Kind of like with Joshua when he's losing Moses, it stinks. He much rather would have kept Moses and let Moses lead them to where God wanted them to go and just kind of simply go along. But it hurt a little bit but it built something in him. It made him a little bit stronger. And I know there's stuff in my life, in your life, that hurts. Could be something with your family, or maybe it's some friendships that aren't going so hot, or maybe somebody broke your heart, or maybe it's something else. And it hurts a little bit. And God's saying, come on, be strong. Let me rebuild you. Let me strengthen you. Let me make you something more than maybe you were before. When I was a boy, I was nine years old when my dad decided to leave my mom. It's, it was the worst day of my life. He came home, and he was gone for about three weeks, and it was like the middle of February, so it was freezing out, and he had this leather jacket on, and he came in at night, and he just hugged me, and he cried, and it was, his jacket was just so cold. I just remember how cold it was, and I don't remember a word he was saying except, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and it, and it ruined everything. I I loved my life. I loved my family. And all of a sudden, it was completely different in a heartbeat. And it broke me. I I was confused. I was angry. It it was terrible. And yet, after years of God just pouring into me and rebuilding me and shaping me, I can look back at that now and go, that was a powerful event in my life that made me who I am today. It's, it's It's the primary reason why I stand here on the stage tonight. Because that never happened, I would never have sought out God the way I did. I would never have known him the way I needed to know him. And it made me strong. Now, courageous, I think of confidence. I think courage comes with confidence. And the confidence I want you to think about pursuing and getting, it's your decision to get. So sometimes we get strong because stuff happens and we need to let God rebuild us and that'll make you strong. Well, confidence is your decision to pursue God and to get to know him. The more you know him, the more you'll fall in love with him. And the more you fall in love with him, the more you'll be willing to put yourself on the line for him because you'll, you'll understand that he's good 
And you'll know how to respond when people challenge you and question you. And you'll have confidence that when God says, hey, be strong, courageous. You want to see things happen in your lifetime? You want to see your friends know me? Be confident. Be courageous. Get to know me yourself. And then you can go with strength and courage. And so God says, haven't I commanded you to be strong and courageous? You don't have to be born that way. You can become that with God's help. And I think each one of you have that ability. Next, he says to Joshua, don't be afraid. And Joshua was afraid. He had to have been. Um, and I, for me, I, I've already told you that uh, my dad left when I was young. And when I was about 13 years old, I came to a place just like this because I was a bit of um, a knucklehead. I went to Christian school and stuff, and so I knew all about God, and I was kind of confused. I, I basically sometimes did godly things, and sometimes I didn't. Uh, it was real easy in school because I had a, a bunch of Christians around me, and it was a lot harder at home when I was with my friends at home. And I loved sports, and I was always out playing and stuff like that. And a lot of sports for me ended in fights for me. And, so, and, and that just felt good as a young, angry kid to just get beat up or beat somebody up. And my sisters got concerned for me and said, you need some help. I have two older sisters and one mom, and they're both wonderful mothers now, and I needed a lot of mothers in my life. I'm kind of like Peter Pan and the, what do they call those kids? Lost boys, yeah, I, I needed a mother very, very badly. So God gave me three. And so they, they took me and said, you need to come to youth group with me because you need help. You need to straighten up. And so I went, and it was a lot like this. Billy, right? Billy told me he came because his sister and his sister's friend said there's going to be a fog machine, soda, and candy. It was a lot like that. I came because it was, it was going to be cool, and this place is awesome, and I'm glad you're here. And so I came to a place like this, and I, again, I don't remember what was said or when it was, but somehow in that place, I discovered that God was my father. And if God was my father, he was going to love me the way I needed to be loved, and he was going to look out for me the way I needed to, look out, to be looked out for. And it was the most amazing news in the world. And I just decided my life is yours. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be yours from now on. I, I want you to be my father. And know what it did? It wiped away fear from my life. See, I was very afraid. I often didn't show it. I often acted tough and, and things like that. But I was afraid. I, I didn't know where my dad was half the time. I didn't know where our next meal would come from half the time. I didn't know uh, if my mom was going to ever stop crying, to be honest. And I was just scared all the time. I didn't know what my life was going to turn out like. No one was guiding me or telling me what to do, and I just, it was up to me. And, and one day I found out that God was my father, and he would help. And he'd take care of me, and he'd protect me, and it was awesome. It was incredible. And the same is true for you. When you said yes to Jesus, God became your father. In fact, in, in Romans 8, uh, where is this? Romans eight fifteen. It says that um, we, were, we were no longer given the spirit of fear, but we were given the spirit of adoption when we became God's children. And what an incredible promise. Now, I played all my life. I, I told you I love sports. Uh, in my school, I don't know if it's the same, but at Smithtown Christian School, uh, they only had a few sports. They had soccer, uh, basketball, and baseball. And I, I never played any of those things. I played hockey, and I played football. 
And so I go to school now, and, and I can't do that. I can only play soccer, basketball, and baseball. And so I started to play those sports. And one of the sports I just loved was basketball. I don't know why. I don't know if you noticed, but I'm not that tall, um, and I'm not that fast, and I never really was that good, but I just loved it. But the cool thing about becoming a basketball player was I had really big friends. <laughs> In fact, my best friend is 6'8", so he's exactly one foot and one inch, 13 inches, taller than I am. And I had other friends at various taller heights. 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I actually played in high school. Then I got on to play in college. Again, really big people. Everywhere I went, I just felt safe. It was like awesome. If anyone ever messed with me, I was like, look who's with me. This guy's like 6'8", he can step on you. And, and sometimes I took advantage of that. And sometimes it just made me feel good and confident. And um, it, was, it was an awesome gift. And it's kind of like... Well, Physically, what I had with God when I finally understood him as father. Because he's not just father, my father. He's the creator of the universe. He can do anything. He's the biggest and the strongest and the best and the fastest. It's kind of like when we were kids and we say, my dad could beat up your dad. Well, God's my dad now. He's going to win every fight. And in this, that same chapter in Romans, in Romans 8, he, Paul says, if God is for us, who can be against us? And I think... Joshua needed to hear that. You don't need to be afraid. I'm your dad. I'm on your side. All my power, all my strength, all my authority, all what is good about me, it's for you. It's got your back. It's on your side. What in the world do you have to be afraid of? I can tell you to do anything, and you'll do it because I'm with you. And so here he says to Joshua, don't be afraid. Here he says to me, don't be afraid. Tonight, he says to you, don't be afraid. If God is calling you to do something, and it might simply just be to be a good example of what it means to be a follower of Christ in your school or amongst your peers or even in your house, which may be the hardest, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to worry. You'll be fine. You can do anything. And so the last thing God tells him is don't be discouraged. And I think this one is really important because often it's, it's real easy to say yes to Jesus. Um, I, I, I just think it's sometimes pretty simple. There's a guy like me, and I love Jesus, and I'm compassionate and, and crazy about him, and so I can re- stir your emotions up, and you're like, yeah, I want to do that. And so then you, you do. You go to your family and your friends and your school, and you're like, you should come to youth group with me. And that was probably really hard to muster up all the strength just to say those, those words. And they're like, nah. And you're like, what? I thought God wanted me to do this. And they don't want to come. And I, every time I ask them, they look at me funny. Oh, sorry. They look at me funny. <laughs> and they, they don't want to do it. And it's so easy for us to get discouraged. Or, or you say, yeah, I'm really going to pursue God. And I'm going to read my Bible every day. And I'm going to pray every day. And then something terrible happens. Your, your boyfriend breaks up with you. Or your parents are having a fight. Or your grandmother dies. And you're like, this is what I get? For trying, I just committed my life to you. I'm doing good. I've been reading my Bible for like seven days in a row here. And this is what I get? And you just, we just get a little discouraged. And I think... This command from God is really important because 
Sometimes it is yes to say, easy to say yes to Jesus, but it's not easy to always follow Jesus. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's discouraging. For me, when I was a junior in high school, it was really when God said, you are going to be mine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you be a pastor or work with youth. And I didn't know exactly how it was going to work out. And it took me a while to figure all that out. But it was a junior in high school. And I remember it was the summer before that year I went to camp. And I said yes to Jesus. And I meant it. You're, my life is yours. Whatever you want me to do. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. And, and I still look back to that moment. And again, it's one of the reasons why I'm here today. That next year, uh, my best friend's mother died. She had uh, cancer, and it was the night before Easter, and she passed away. And we just didn't know what to do with that. It was hard. And for my friend, man, he just lost his mom, right? And he decided that God was mean, and he didn't want anything to do with them. And so I had this close group of friends, and they were like, us too. We, if, if there's a God, and we're at a Christian school, remember, we knew everything about God that you could possibly know. We've been taught our whole life about him. But this just changed everything. All of us had said yes to Jesus. But now, could this really be real? If God is really like, can do anything and loves us, why? Why did this happen? And they choo- chose to run away from God. And I, I'll tell you this tonight, a little secret of life. In every circumstance, you have two choices to run towards God or to run away from him. And that day, or the next day, I should say, they chose, we're running away. Uh, We don't want anything to do with this. And I had a choice too. What was I gonna do? I just committed my life to Christ. Everything's been going really well and I'm pumped for him. And I'm so excited about where he's leading me, but my friends are going that way now. They wanna drink and they wanna go to clubs and they wanna get high and they want to do all this stuff and they're my best friends and I had a choice to make was I going to do what was easy and keep my friendships and keep my the the guys that I grew up with and loved or was I going to stay with Jesus and I thank God for whatever reason that I said I'm staying with Jesus and each one of them at some point regretted every choice they made when they ran away and God used me and others to pray for them and to, to lure them back and praise God. They all are back and serving Christ with their whole heart. But God, for that season, said for me, don't get discouraged. I know it's not easy right now. I know you're a little lonely. I know they're teasing you a bit. And they're, they're, they want you to be doing what they're doing. But they're not happy. This isn't solving anything. And they need you to stay steady and to be strong and to keep believing. And when they're ready, they'll come back. But not you. Don't get discouraged. Don't doubt. Don't don't believe that I'm mean and that I don't love you anymore because it's just not true. He loves us so much and so greatly. And I want you guys to make that choice that even if it gets a little hard, even if, my friends say no when I invite them. Or even if I get looked at a little bit funny because I wear Christian clothes or I go to Christian concerts or whatever it may be. And I don't think Christians need to be weird. 
or anything like that. And I think you don't need to be standing on, you know, your, the street corners shouting and preaching and things like that. I think you need to be real and genuine and follow Christ with your whole heart. And when he says to do something, you do it. I really believe that there is, God is raising up a generation like you to love this world like they've never been loved before. With the love of the Holy Father in heaven that who loves you in such a deep and powerful way. And he's saying, just love like that. Just forgive the way I forgave you and accept the way I accepted you and, and, and don't judge the way I never judged you and tell them the truth the way I told you the truth in gentleness and in love. And don't get discouraged when they don't listen and the, because they are listening. And don't, and don't get mad when they said no because next time they might say yes. And so don't give up. And here is the kicker. Here is the reason why you can do any of these things that I've just talked about tonight. Here's the reason why you can be strong and courageous. And here's the reason why you don't ever have to be afraid. And here's the reason why you don't ever have to be discouraged. Because just like Joshua, God says to you tonight, I am with you. Wherever you go, I'm with you. When you leave this place, I'm with you. When you ride home in that car tonight, I'm with you. When you, when you walk into your house, I'm with you. When your sister or brother are yelling at you or teasing you, I am with you. When you go to school tomorrow morning, I am with you. You can do anything I call you to do. You can make a difference in your school. And if a, a group like this can accept a call like that, and allow Jesus to be with them wherever they are. Incredible things can happen. So when I'm old and gray and you're in a position like me and you're looking at Long Island, you can go, this is a place where God is alive and well. So when you leave this place tonight, I want you to leave with boldness and strength and courage and confidence that God is with you. Can I pray for you tonight? If tonight God has stirred something in your heart and you say, I want to make a difference in my school, I want to make a difference in the lives of my friends, I want to do whatever God has called me to do. I just want you to, in your heart, you don't have to raise your hand, you don't have to do anything, but you know how to pray. You know how to address God in heaven. And just tell him, I want that. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to use me. I, wanna, there, I want you to see incredible things. I want like you did, I want to see stuff in my life like we read about in Joshua's life. Joshua, after he heard that verse from God, after God spoke those words to him, after God gave him the pep talk of his life, he took the nation of Israel to the promised land. They crossed over into the promised land and the, they knocked down walls of cities and they conquered everywhere they went and God was with them and they saw incredible and powerful things. And I'd love for you to picture your school or your neighborhood or your circle of friends as a place where God wants you to go and to claim it for him and to conquer it for him and, and say yes God, yes. I say yes to the call that you have on my life. Maybe tonight you can think of one or two or maybe three people that you know that are your friends that need Jesus. 
And you say, I'm going to find a way to tell them about you. I'm, I may bring it to youth group. I might bring it up in a conversation. I might just pray for them till they bring it up to me, but I'll pray for them every single day till they do. I might just love them the way nobody's ever loved them before in, in a godly, powerful, passionate way. Not in a weird, strange way, but in a godly way where they'll go, what do you have? Because I need it and I want it. And tonight, if you want to say yes, just say yes in the stillness and the quietness of your heart because God is listening. And these guys are going to lead us in some worship. And I'd love for you in that time to think about that. And if you want to say yes, and if you do want to say yes, then take this verse, Joshua 1.9, and memorize it and claim it and believe it because it's for you. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this group. Thank you for each person here who has a deep, uh, who, who knows you as their Father, as their Savior, as their Lord. And I pray for anybody who doesn't that maybe tonight would be the night where they say, yeah, I want whatever that guy's talking about because it sounds incredible. And I need God to be my Father. I need him to forgive me. I need him to love me. I need him to protect me. I need somebody to have my back. I've been waiting for something like this to come and I want it. And I pray if that's you, that, that God would just come into your life right now. And if, if, that's, if that's the case, tell somebody here, tell an adult or tell a friend, hey, I, I asked God into my life tonight. I, I want him to be a part of that. For everybody else, I, I pray to God tonight that they would say yes and that they would leave this place and would make a difference wherever they go. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.